I love talking on relationships. Such a fun series, you know. It's just so, I hope you're here with us for all four weeks. I promise you, it will be a blessing. There was a young couple, they went to this church, and they wanted to join the church. They knew they needed to be part of a church, and so they did it kind of different here. The pastor called them into the office, into his office, sat him down and said, hey, so I hear you want to be members. He goes, yes, sir, we'd love to join the church. He goes, well, the way we do it here, we take it really serious, and so we want, to, we want you to prove your resolve. We do this with everyone here, so you have to prove your discipleship, prove your discipline, and so we want you to go 30 days with abstaining from sex, and then you can join the church. The guy was like, whoa, the Bible talks about how you're married. He goes, no, I know what the Bible says. It's not about that. It's about going over and above the, the, what the Bible says and showing us that you are disciplined. And he was like, I don't know. He turned to his wife, and his wife was like, I mean, you know, okay. And so he reluctantly agrees. He's like, okay, fine. We'll go 30 days abstaining from sex. So about three weeks in, you know, he seems to be doing okay, but he's pretty grumpy, you know. Gets to the fourth week. He goes and see the pastor. Him and his wife sit down. And so he says, so I understand you're ready to join the church. But before we do that, there was one thing I want to know. Did you keep your 30-day commitment? The guy was like, look, pastor, I'm just going to be honest with you. The Bible says to be honest, so I'm going to be honest. He says, I was doing good. You know, we were about the third week. I was pretty grumpy. I'm not going to lie. But then my wife bent over to grab a can of peas, and I just, I couldn't resist. And like, we did it right there. I'm just done being honest. <laughs> and he was like, oh, okay, well, I'm really sorry. You're not going to be welcome here again. And the guy said, yeah, that's the same thing the, the Walmart manager said to us as well. So, <laughs> so I just want you to know, here at Church Unlimited, we are pro-romance and sex, okay? Just let you know that on the front end. And so the Bible is very supportive of this. The Bible, in fact, God created romance. He created sex. He created marriage. He created relationships. He created all of that. He made us different, of course, but he wants you to know that he, he not only supports it, he, he teaches it. In Song of Songs, he teaches it. All types of scripture, he teaches about love, sex, dating, the whole deal. God made it. He is for it. So we are for it too. So today's relationship goal is getting the romance back. How do you get back to that excitement, that bounce? You go, let's go. How do you get back to that? We're going to talk about that today. I'm super excited about this message. My wife's in the front row. It had to be my best behavior. That's really hard for me. Um, and then my daughter's sitting right beside her. So she's already throwing up in her mouth a little bit over this. <laughs> But I'm super excited about this message. I'm fired up. And so I'm going to dive right in. i got a lot to cover today. You guys ready to go? Because I'm fired up. All right. Now, i got to tell you, since we're talking about romance, you know, I want to tell you right now, I don't care if you've got the craziest passion in the world going on. You're like, man, this is nuts in my house, passion. You're not even believe, man. We're at home doing a naked pretzel. It's awesome. That's great. Don't Google that. I don't know if that's a thing. It may be. I don't, I don't know. But the thing is, is that you may have all that going on, but that doesn't guarantee the success of your relationship. I just need to let you know that. In fact, just a number of years ago, my wife took her phone. She's put it in front of me. She goes, check this out. And she showed me a post. I'm not sure if it was on Kanye or Kim's, but it was a post of how Kanye, for his wife, had taken this giant room in their house. Surprise, surprise, they have a big house. They had this huge room, like a thousand square feet is what it looked like, and it was covered in vases, the whole thing with roses in every one, like, like a dozen roses in every vase, and there was at least, I'm guessing, three to five hundred vases, separate ones, all roses, and at the very back corner of the room was Kenny G, the guy, playing his saxophone. Can you get more romantic than this moment? This moment must have cost Kanye, I'm just assuming, at least $100,000, maybe more, for this one moment. And yet, with that kind of romance, that kind of money behind this relationship, they're divorced today. No, you can't be sexy enough. I don't think anyone's going to argue that Kim has not cornered the market on trying to be sexy. I don't think anyone's going to corner the market on creativity more than Kanye. And yet, 
they're no longer married. I'm not celebrating. I'm just saying, just honestly, guys, it's going to take more than that. And so what does it take to have a successful marriage to go the distance? The first thing, there's three phases, uh, by the way, to love and romance. I'm going to give you three phases really quick. You guys ready to take some notes? Come on, I need you to get, get your phones out. Let's take some notes. I'm fired up. It's going to be a blessing. I promise you this message will be good. By the way, just to let you know, I want to encourage you to be here all month long. Today we're talking about getting the romance back. Next week we're talking about resolving conflict and sex is next week. My message next week on sex is going to be so good you're going to need to smoke afterwards. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> Here's how the message is going to go. It's going to be okay. This is going to get good. This is going to get really, really good. Then you're going to get really, really sleepy. That's how the message is going to go. <laughs> just kidding. So Okay, so you'll, be, you'll get that eventually. Okay, so there are three phases to love and romance. I'm sorry for those of you who are visiting with us. I'm just half saved. Just know that going in. I'm just telling you right now. There are three phases of love and romance. The first is called new love. New love is frankly easy. Okay? This is like, man, you're dating. You're putting your best foot forward. You're going out having a good time. It's always like planned out, laid out. I mean, she's laying out 15 outfits on her bed before she goes out to eat with this guy, right? She's like laid them all out. She's tried on all the different outfits. She finally gets the first one, the one she likes. And then, you know, he meets her at the door, opens the door, goes, oh, you look nice. She goes, oh, this casual thing. You know, even though she like, you know, planned for this forever. You know, they go out to eat. You know, she's all dressed up. She's using her nice words. She orders a salad. You don't know later that she goes home and orders a pizza. But front of you, she's eating the salad, you know, right? And so he's all super nice, smells good, washed his car. I mean, he's got all ready. I mean, you, you're putting your best foot forward. And then you're dating, and eventually you fall in love, you get engaged, right? Then you get married. Those first couple of years of marriage, man, it's all good, right? It's just, this is new love. Can I tell you something? New love is easy. But let me just warn you, by the way, the singles that are, that are in the house right now, if new love is not easy, the answer is not to get counseling. If you're not married to them, it's to break up. Like, I find this amazing. I've had couples come to me and say, oh, we need to talk with you. We need a, we need a counselor. And I'm like, oh, how long have you married? Oh, we're not married. And I'm like, you don't need a counselor. You need to break up. Like, if you're having a hard time in the easy phase, then that is not a sign to continue. That's a sign to get out of that. So I'm very proud of the fact that I've broken more couples up in South Texas than anyone. <laughs> and let me help you. Okay? So if this isn't it. You know, look, if it doesn't fit, it's counterfeit. It's not God. And sometimes people say, oh, but I've been with him for so long. So length of mistake means it's not a mistake. So I just want to help you right now that if you're still struggling and fighting and this and you're dating, oh man, no, bro, that ain't it. It's time to walk from that. And so you need to break up right now. I don't care if you are, you know, within a month of getting married, you can still end it because if you're fighting now, oh man, that's not good, okay? So what singles typically do, though, is they go and start dating someone with their eyes half closed and they get married and their eyes are wide open. They're like, whoa, I didn't know what I did. Who is this person? This is horrible. You need to do the exact opposite. Have your eyes wide open while you're dating. Really know what you're getting into. And if God, you know, if it seems easy, that's good. That means God's really in this, right? It's just all coming together. It's like they love God. I love God. We're honoring the Lord. You know, this is amazing. We can barely keep our hands off each other. Nothing wrong with that. Just keep your hands off each other and then get married. But then once you get married, you got your eyes wide open, get married. Then when you get married, half, then half close your eyes. Because then you're going to learn, oh, they're, they're human. But we do the exact opposite. We ignore issues and get married. And those issues become a blaring problem. Does that make sense? Singles, please hear me. You don't need to find the right person for yourself. God's got that. Seek the Lord. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added unto you. Then let God find them for you. I did this. I mean, I tried to make things work that didn't work, and thank God I ended those relationships before they even got referred. I never, I mean, I was, I'm, this sounds really horrible, but I was cold about it. I was like, yeah, this isn't it. We're ending it. That seems cold because I would, you may say, well, that's so mean. Well, I wasn't mean. It wasn't like I was yelling at him. But I ended it because I knew I am not going to waste any time 
getting in the way of what God has for me. And I'm so glad I waited. Hallelujah. I married so well. And so it is worth the wait, I promise you, okay? And so marriage is like real estate. It's all in the purchase, man. You get that right in the front end, it's all good. And so I'm just telling you right now, not that there was a purchase, I'm just simply saying. God has blessed me because I waited. I cannot stress this enough, singles. You can pretty much go home now. I just told you what you need to know. Go ahead and head out on this if you're single. That is the game-changing thing. If you're in church, you're in the right place, by the way. That there's, this is the largest singles gathering in South Texas, the Church Unlimited. And so it's not a club. There's way more singles in our church than any club would be. You know, the club was packed. There was like 100 people. There's like 6,000 people right now with COVID because it cut us in half. But you know what? The truth is there's tons of singles in our church right now. They're all around you. The problem is we always do these fast songs where they're clapping. They're like, yeah. And you're like, slow down so I can see the ring finger. I need you to slow it down. Just trying to help you out. So anyways, singles wait. Wait, 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 wait. Pump the brakes. God will bless you if you do that. So, new love is easy, though, when it's God, right? It's all good. Man, we're in love. It's crazy. But then somewhere after I do, and, you know, sometimes it's a month in, sometimes it's six months in, a year in, two years in, three years in, probably not longer than that, you go from new love to disappointed love. And this is tough because you're like, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. You know, I thought it was going to be different. My boys, I remember one time they said to me, they were a little younger, and they were like, man, I can't wait to get married, you know, because I can just have sex anytime I want. And I'm like, yeah, it's not quite like that. <laughs> it's good, but that's not quite what you're imagining, you know. And so, because, you know, that's how guys think. And then girls think, you know, like they just have this, like, fairy tale. He, you know, comes up on the beautiful horse. Never mind the horse is, you know, dropping bombs all the way there. You know, you're not noticing that. But, you know, it's like you have this ima- imagination of this incredible prince that comes and sweeps you up and it's all wonderful, but then you learn your prince smells and needs a shower and has to go to work and, right? And so you learn pretty quick, like, this is not quite what I thought. And so you have what's called disappointed love. We all disappoint one another. I just, I have to tell you that that is just the truth of it because they're human and so are you. And so there's disappointed love. And then the third level of love and romance is committed love. And this is where we want to get to. But you have to get through disappointed love to get to committed love. And that's what really we want to unpack today. To do this, by the way, for a relationship to, to be revived to romance, you need to learn empathy. Empathy is a big deal. You may want to write that down. Empathy means you, you try to see things from their perspective. And when you do that, it really is a game changer. Hebrews chapter 4 says this, We don't have a priest who is out of touch with our reality. Speaking of Jesus. He's been through weakness and testing, experienced it all, all but the sin. So Jesus understands where you are coming from. He knows what it's like to be rejected. He knows what it's like to feel alone. He knows what it's like to be disappointed. There are people he trusted in that didn't come through for him. There are people that, that lied about him, people that disappointed him greatly, people that really wounded him. He understands all that. And so he can relate to whatever you feel like you have gone through. It says in Colossians 3.12, put on a heart of compassion. So we, we, instead of being upset with the one that we love, we have to learn to say, what, what made them say that or do that? What, let's, let me understand their perspective. And so that's to have empathy, to think from their angle. That's important to do that. Now, before I go any further, some people are already mad at me. I mean, I'm talking about, you know, I started off with a funny joke on sex, and, you know, we're talking about love and romance, and all this, and some of you right now are like, are you freaking kidding me? I can't even think about sleeping with him. I'm so mad. I want to leave him. And you're saying sleep with him. I mean, I, I'm so tired of her, and you're saying for me to, you know, be loving and sweet. How in the world? Guys, hang in here for the full four weeks. We're going to talk about that. Next week, we're, we're talking about resolving conflict. You said, I thought we were talking about sex. It's both, because they actually go together. 
We're, we're going to unpack that next week. Don't miss that. But maybe you're in serious conflict. We hear you. God's not blown off where you're at. He understands your pain. He understands your anger. He's a big God. He really can help you. And I've, I've talked to countless couples over the years. I've been at the same church long enough to see it. We're couples that were on the brink of divorce that are now doing great. I've seen couples get divorced and then get remarried to each other. And they're doing great. I've seen those kind of miracles. So don't tell me God can't do it. Look, if Jesus rose again from the grave, he can resurrect your marriage. I just want to encourage you, you're not done. God still has a plan for you, and you can turn things around. So how do you deal with disappointed love? I mean, how do you face that? Well, that's what I want to unpack today. I've got four simple points for you on how to overcome disappointed love because it's going to happen. The first is this. Would you write this down? You're going to have to ask God today to reveal areas of selfishness in you that need to change so your relationship can grow. You see, sometimes we come to something like this and we go, Oh, Lord, please just let my spouse get this. We need to pray something more humble than that. Say, Lord, help me to get this. We always want to kind of point the fingers at the other person. But the Bible says that the fruit of the Holy Spirit, when God's moving in you, the fruit of the Spirit doesn't say it's others' control. It says it's self-control. So we have to say, God, change me. Instead of me trying to change my husband or my wife, Lord, change me. And so if you'll do that, if you both do that, then God can work and do a new work in your relationship he really can. Romans 8 says this, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purposes for them. So let me read that again. And we know that God causes everything, the fight, the difficulty, the separation, the frustration, the counseling sessions, the silent treatment, all that, God can use all that to work for your good. So even if things have been really bad, He can work that out. And so trust in the Lord. Philippians 1 says this, And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. So I just want to encourage you that God's not through with you, and God's not through with them. You say, well, they're not where they should be. Well, I'm sure they would say the same about you, that you need to grow in some areas too. And so we, we both need to grow. I told my wife, you know, I'm talking on love, sex, and romance, and, you know, I'm an expert. I told her that. It's like, I'm talking on, the, I'm an expert. She was like, huh. I was like, <laughs> The truth is, you can have all the right knowledge that the Bible says and still not be doing it. I mean, we all know we should be eating salads too, but how many of us are doing it? So some of the stuff, you're going to be like, if you've been here and you're me all, you're like, I've heard some of that before. Why well, are you doing it? We've got to apply it. You've got to apply the truth. So, so as we unpack this, whether this is brand new to you or you've heard some of this before, I want to challenge you, do it. Just do these things. They, they really do work. God's, God's word does not return void. That means it works. And so actually apply it. So ask God to reveal areas of selfishness in you. And if you don't think you have any areas of selfishness, just ask your spouse. They'll let you know. I promise you're like, uh, what? What about this? What about that? What about that? And so they will let you know. Trust me. It's so funny. When I go to my wife, I'm like, hey, babe, I just want to tell you, you know, I've kind of been, I've kind of been struggling with this. I feel like I should confess it. She's all like, yeah, I, I know. I'm like, how do you know? She's like, Bill, I live with you. I know. I see it. And so you forget you live with this person. They know. If you go confess your temper, they're going to be like, yeah, I know. Do you see the broken glass? Yeah, I know you have a temper. You know, oh, I'm really struggling with, you know, gluttony. They're like, yeah, I know. I pick up the Dorito bags around the couch. I'm aware. You know, oh, I'm really struggling. Whatever you struggle with, they're aware. Why? They live with you. And so uh, can I tell you something right now? If I see two 25-year-old guys, one's married, one's not, I can guarantee the one married is more mature. You know why? Because marriage matures you. It does. Can I let you in a little secret? Marriage isn't meant to make you happy. It's meant to make you holy. It grows you up. 
I, I mean it when I say this, and I, I almost always think of this thought when I write a card to my wife. You just make me a better person. I'm just a better guy when I'm with her. I don't know any guy that, that is worth his salt that, that, that understands what's up that wouldn't agree with that. We're just better people. And so no one can tame some wild dude who's all about himself like a woman. It's really true. We're better together. And so I just want to encourage you that God will grow you up. And part of that is that you have to work with the process that sometimes you tick them off or they tick you off or you're disappointed or they disappoint you or you get them mad. Or they get... You work through those things. That's how you actually mature because we are going to be disappointed in one another. Maybe you're disappointed in your sex life. I know a lot of people that tell me that. Like, oh man, I'm just not where I want to be. You know, a lot of times married couples in bed are like two old dogs. One's begging while the other one's playing dead. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> so... <laughs> We're going to unpack that next week. Don't, don't miss it. So. I just want to encourage you, God wants to turn all that around. And so don't miss this entire series. I promise you it will be a blessing. Here's the second thing you've got to learn to do to overcome disappointed love. Number two, have courageous conversations. Have courageous conversations that lead to honesty and healing. It says in Deuteronomy 31, God told Joshua, be strong and brave because you will lead these people into the land of promise. And I would say to the men in the room today, all of our campuses, those watching online, listen, men, you need to lead the way. We always think, I'm, I'm in charge, I'm the man of the house. First of all, if you have to say that, you're not. <laughs> if you're leading with that line and you're not really leading. So just, I just got to tell you. But rather, you know, we talk about leadership and I'm going to be the leader of my home. Then you know what you should be the first to lead with? How about these three words? The most powerful three words in the English language are not I love you. They're I am sorry. Why don't you lead that way? Hey, babe, I want to have a conversation, and I need to start off by saying I've blown it. And so if you do that, it can, it can be a game changer. But have a courageous conversation. A courageous, courageous conversation means you, you tell the truth about where you're at, how you feel, what's going on. You have to be willing to, to tell the truth. Ephesians chapter 4 says, Do not be bitter or angry or mad. Never shout angrily or say things to hurt others. Never do anything evil, but be kind and loving to each other and forgive each other just as God forgave you in Christ. i got to be honest with you, that verse is hard for me to read right now because just, I mean, I, I think it was just a few weeks ago, I went to my wife. I was like, hey, babe, when you talk about some things, and I had like a little list, you know, like I need you to work on these things, that kind of thing. And... I said, are you ready to talk? She's like, sure. You know, she kind of prepared herself like, okay, what's he going to talk about? So I went down my little list, and she was like, okay, I can agree with that. Okay, agree. the third one, no, I don't, I don't agree with that. And then I lost it. I got mad. I, I, I raised my voice. I said things I regret. I'm just being honest with you. I feel like an idiot. I was a total jerk. It was bad enough that I had to circle back around and say, I, I don't know where that came from. I'm so sorry. I just told her I, I was just uh, being an idiot. I just turned into a 10-year-old boy who didn't get what he wanted. And so I just, just going to be honest with you, I've been married 28 years, and I still have to watch it. You know why? We're all, we're all still people. We're all still selfish. And so I just want to encourage you that the conversation ended well by the end because I had to circle back around and say, man, I blew that. I'm so sorry. I had to humble myself. I had to do this next verse. Philippians chapter 2 says, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for your own interest, but for the interest of others. I was all about me in that conversation. And when I came back, I said, babe, I'm really sorry. And thank God I married a great woman who has the, the, the Christ-like character to say, I forgive you. 
And so I just want to encourage you that when I say have a courageous conversation, it doesn't mean it always goes well. And it may not go well on their part or your part. But you need to re-engage and finish that conversation. And so I just want to challenge you that the conversations don't end because someone gets mad, gets in a huff and puff, yells and screams. It doesn't go well. And so next week we're going to talk about resolving conflict, but I'll just suffice to say this. I had to circle back around, admit I was wrong, apologize. And then by the end of our conversation, we came to some real resolutions that are going to work. So that's what marriage really looks like. I've been married 28 years. My parents have been married over 50 years. So I feel like I've got something to give you today. But please don't believe that just because someone knows truth, they're always applying it. So we have to be willing to be humble and admit where we're wrong. So if I can say that in front of thousands of people today, can you admit it to your spouse? Say, I blew it. I said something I shouldn't have said. Did something I shouldn't have done. That was stupid of me. So I just want to encourage you to be willing to circle back and get those things right. Here's a question that I think can really help you. If you, if you feel like, man, I'm really missing that love, that romance, that passion. Well, it, it's, because, it's not because the romance has gone bad. It's because the relationship's gone bad. And so we, we forget that the key to all those, that, that passion that we want is if the relationship's going well, then, then all the bedroom will go well and the passion, the romance, all that stuff comes with it. The truth is, is that it's not about those things. It's about how you're caring for someone. So here's a question I encourage you to ask each other this week. Would you write this down? This is a great question. I promise this will bless you. Okay, here's the question. Ask this question honestly, but be prepared to get some real answers. Here it is. What do you need from me to feel loved and supported again? Just ask that question to your spouse. What do you need from me to feel loved and supported again? Okay, since I'm on a roll confessing my own sins, uh, let me give you one that I, I just stumbled upon. One, one day I was, you know, all over Jessica, and she was like, would you please stop? You know, I was just basically attacking her. And then at one point, you know, she kind of rebuffed me, not in a bad way. She, that's not a normal thing for her at all. I'm very blessed to have a great wife who responds to me. But I will tell you this. I just, for some reason, just had this thought, and I didn't have it till later, but I called her. She was at the house, and I just said, hey, babe, I just want to tell you something. She was like, what? I said, I just want you to know I love you whether we're doing it or not. Like, I don't love you for your body. I love you for you. I just said that to her. I didn't know until later she said, you don't have any idea how much that meant to me. Which was eye-opening and also a little sad to me. I thought, man, what if I... What have I, by my actions and words, relayed to her? You know, and so I really had to take a step back. And so it's kind of funny how this works, but I need all the women to close their ears for a second, just men to hear this. So just between me and you guys, okay? Just give you a little, little, little advice here. If you won't make it about that, you get more of that. <laughs> Did you catch that? So don't make it about that, and it leads to that. In other words, quit trying to get your needs met and try to meet the legitimate needs of the one you love. Because love is meeting needs. That's what love is. Why do you think our church says, oh, we love the community, but then what do we do? We serve our community. Why? We're trying to meet people's needs. That's what real love is. In the same way, you say you love this person to meet their needs and quit trying to just use them to get your needs met. If you will do that, you will see God bless it, I promise you. I've gotten it wrong plenty of times, occasionally gotten it right, but I'm telling you, that is a game changer. And so have the courageous conversation. Focus on what they need. If you will do that, it will be a real blessing. By the way, so next week we're talking about resolving conflict. We'll talk about sex as well with that. 
The third week, I'm talking about protecting your relationship. There's so many things that are destroying marriages and relationships today. Don't miss that. And then I'm really excited about the fourth week. My lovely bride's going to join me on stage and answer your questions. So that's going to be a lot of fun to have Jessica up here. It's always fun. She always puts me in my place. It's always a nice thing to watch. No, it's great to have her up here, so I'm very, very excited about that. So don't miss this entire series. But have the courageous conversation. And then number three, would you write this down? The relationship that is romantic is invested in. The relationship that is romantic is invested in. In other words, the reason why the grass is greener next door is because someone over there is watering it. And so if you don't invest in your own marriage, don't expect it to be exciting. You want your, man, I just need my marriage to be more exciting. Then plan something exciting, you know? But I want to again go back to this. Don't skip over issues where you've hurt them because then if you had this exciting night, they can eventually resent you if you're trying to skip over some issue, like, oh, let's not talk about that. Let's just go have fun. You know, here's a bigger set of roses. You know, it's like, no, you got to deal with the issue. But if you'll do that and then add some excitement, then, then God can bless that. But I just want to encourage you, the relationship that is romantic, it's invested in. Galatians 6 says, whatever a man sows, he will also reap. So taking the time to do that, to invest in your relationship is a game changer. This week, I'm going to give you homework, okay? Here's your homework. Those of you who are married, take your spouse out. Men, lead the way, go somewhere nice, get dressed up, take pictures even if you want to. Everyone's got a phone on them anyways. Take pictures while you're out, hang out, enjoy yourself, enjoy the night together, make it special. And you, even if you come back next week and you say, yeah, I did that, it didn't really go that well. Do it again next week and the week after that. Eventually, something's going to click and you'll be like, hey, this is really making a difference. But please don't expect to have dividends from a relationship that's not invested in. You have to invest in it. It's a game changer. People, well, I wish I could have the romance of The Bachelor. Well, all you just need is a multi-million dollar budget for every date, and you can too. <laughs> it's, it's unrealistic. And so instead, you know what? You lost what you have. You have time. You have energy. You say, oh, I'm broke. Do a picnic in your backyard. I'm in an apartment. Find some park. The point is, is that it doesn't take a lot of money. In fact, here's what's funny. When you finally have a little bit of money, your wife will be like, I remember we were broke and we went and we did this. And you're like, man, we didn't have any money. You're talking about that. Because it wasn't about the money, was it? It was about the investment. It was about the time you put into something. And so some of my favorite memories with my wife weren't some expensive trip. It's just some time we just had just the two of us together. Some of the most powerful moments we have aren't expensive. It's just we invested in one another. I encourage you to find a way to invest in one another. It's a game changer. Whatever a man sows, he will also reap. And so if you ignore her in the kitchen, gentlemen, she will ignore you in the bedroom. Just, that's how that works, you know. But also, even when I say things like that, be real careful. This can come, come across like manipulation, like do this and then I expect something. No. Again, I go back to the first thing. Just, just pour into them for them, for who they are. So I just want to challenge you and remind you of that, that that's a person. It's not a dispenser of what you want. To treat them like that is a game changer. So invest in them. And then number four, sacrifice is the language of true romance. Sacrifice is the language of true romance. Look at Romans chapter 5. And we also boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character. Character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint. Oh, there it is. So the way to overcome disappointed love is to endure, suffer, you're saying, you use the word suffer in marriage? Right, because there's going to be times when you need to give something up. That's part of marriage. That's part of truly caring for someone, is being willing to do that. 
Because of God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. So God says, hey, because I've given you a sacrificial love, will you give that sacrificial love to someone else that you love? And so it really is a game changer to sacrifice. Ephesians chapter 5 says this, A man leaves his father and his mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. This is a great mystery, but it's an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. So what did Christ do for the church? He sacrificed for us. He sacrificed his life. Now I want to tell you something. Every great romantic movie, all of them, all great love stories, involve someone sacrificing for someone else. You pick the movie. Someone died for someone else, right? I mean, you can go to Marvel movies nowadays. Someone died to save everyone else, right? And so all the classic love stories are all rip-offs of the original love story that Jesus died for you. It's all a rip-off of that. So our marriage relationship is an example of Christ and His church and what He's done for the church. So I want to encourage you to be willing to sacrifice for another. People say, oh man, I want to go all the way. You know what going all the way looks like? It looks like the text I had early this morning with a friend of mine named Jack from the Rodfield campus who right now is by his wife's bedside and she's fighting for her life. And he's always in by her side. And he's still by her side. That's going all the way. You know, going all the way, it's my friend Jeff whose wife has MS. And he told me one day, and Jeff does pretty well financially, he said, I'd give every penny I have if I could heal my wife. I'd give it all up. And he's by her side, and he's redone their house so that she could be comfortable and get around the home okay. And they bought special cars and added all kinds of things. She, he's done everything you can imagine to help her. Why? He loves her. That is going all the way. Because love meets someone else's needs. That's what it looks like. That's the kind of relationship God wants you to have. Committed love. Sure, we all love new love. It's always fun. And then you go through disappointed love. But if you're faithful and endure, and just apply some of these simple principles from today and think of the other person, not just your own needs, you'll hit committed love. And committed love is where the fun really begins. I want to tell you something to make surprise all the new couples in here. It gets better if you'll go through some things. If you'll do that, it's a game changer. It really is. I just want to encourage you. There's a depth of your love that happens the longer you're married. You see, I don't care about any woman out there other than my wife because she, no one else mothered my children. No one else stood beside me when no one else would. No one else helped me build this place. No one else. There's a depth, there's a depth that is better than the heights. And that comes with time and commitment. Should you bow your heads with me? Hmm. Please bow your heads with me, every head bowed, every eye closed. I want to encourage you in this prayer time. God loves you so much, you sent his own son. I love you, but I'm not giving my kid for you. Just telling you the truth. This place was burning down. I'd go for my own kid today. I wouldn't get you out. I'd get them out first. I'd come back even for you, but I'd get them out first. God gave his son, his only begotten son for you? I don't know of a greater love than that. That's a sacrificial love. Jesus died for your sins. Then he rose again from the grave, proving that he's God. Now he waits for you and me to individually receive him. You can pray this simple prayer and you can receive Christ as your Lord. 
and your Savior right now. Pray this prayer with me. We're just going to say this out loud across all of our different campuses, those watching online. Just say, Dear Jesus, I realize I need you. I believe you died for my sin. And I believe you rose again. I ask you to come into my heart, be my Lord, and be my Savior. I repent of my sins. I put you in first place. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, if you just accepted Christ as your Lord and your Savior, no one's looking around, would you just lift your hand high right now? Just lift your hand high right now. We see those hands. Thank you, Rodfield. Thank you. Right now, Stone Oak. Thank you. We see those hands at Rockport. Thank you. Thank you, Padre Island. Those who are online right now, just let us know in the chat. Just, just text right now. My hand's raised. You can click hand raised right now. Just let us know. If you just gave your life to Christ, just hold your hand high. Praise God. There's hands going up right now all across our different camps. Hold your hand high. You just gave your life to Jesus. Just hold your hand high. Praise God. Thank you. Hold your hand high. Thank you. Thank you. Praise God. Thank you. We see those hands. Thank you. Thank you. Put your hands down. If your head bowed and your eyes closed, if you just gave your life to Christ, we, we praise God for that. Maybe today you're sitting next to your spouse or the one you love. Just reach over and hold their hand right now. And just say, God, please bless this union. Please bless this relationship. Please bless this marriage. Maybe you're dating someone and you've got a really tough decision to make this week. I'm going to be praying for you this week that God will give you courage to do what you know in your heart you need to do. If you're married, that's a covenant. You sealed that one with God. So maybe your prayer is to say, God, I'm going to be honest with you, Lord. I've been dreaming of not being in this relationship anymore, but I'm going to let that dream die. I'm going to die to myself, and I'm going to begin to believe again for my marriage. God can resurrect your marriage. He specializes in resurrections. Let God do that for you. Please be with us all four weeks. Please commit to that right now. Spiritually say, God, I'm not going to miss a week. I don't want to miss. I want to learn how to resolve conflict. I want to learn how to protect my marriage. I want to get some wisdom from Miss Jessica. Praise God. Lord, thank you for what you do in this place. Thank you, God, for those who committed to you. Thank you for those who just committed to being with one another, Lord. Just, we pray that we would have stronger bonds than ever in the relationships you called us to have. Thank you, Lord, that we can seek you first, and you'll add great, strong marriages to our lives if we first are committed to you. Thank you for your word and your truth today. In your name we pray, and all God's people said, amen. Isn't God good? His word is so true.